lo and behold, he's back in town. It's the veterans or us. Oh, holy cow, you know, came out and did his thing, referring to him as a dead zone RB. Come on, man. Tyson, I like the chicken more than I like the running back. Stash him. I, I knew I liked anyone with the first name Elijah and anyone with the last name Moore. So they blew up everything, every single thing. Just gross. It looked like it was like, here it is. This is what we thought was going to happen, and it's happening. Come on, man. Just ooh, super good. Super good. Targets. We love targets. Where are the targets? That's crazy. But uh, again and again and again and again. Finally, again, you know, how this story goes. Come on, man. What's up, everybody? It is the man, the myth, the legend, draft genius. That's right. I refer to myself in the third person because I think I'm that good now. Uh, you should have sold Derrick Henry. Tried to tell you. Tried to tell you. Coming off a 2,000-yard season, he will never have a 2,000-yard season again. I don't even think he reaches 1,500, to be honest. 17 carries, 58 yards. And here's what you do, okay? Sell Derrick Henry, stash Jeremy McNichols, and put Darrington Evans on your IR. That's as simple as it can be. You literally have a starting run back in the making right there. Anyway, getting back to the regular stuff, I'm happy to be back with my boy Iowa today. We're going to go through briefly and touch on who you should be targeting in trade or who you should be selling. I mean, this is a buy-sell show, but not really buy-sell in a sense. So we're going to kind of refer to instant reactions and seeing what moves we can make, right? I mean, week one two, three, four, and five in a dynasty league and in redraft is all about what moves can you make to build your team for the playoffs. Very excited for the show ahead. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome my boy Iowa back. What's up, dude? What's happening, DG? Yep. Missed you the last couple weeks. Have to say I'm, uh, I'm pretty pleased with how it's turned out so far. Won about 71% just over that of my week one matchups. A lot of the players I have rostered in a high percentage of leagues did well or received a bump, so I'm pretty stoked. How are you doing, man? How's that hurricane? Dude, the hurricane was, uh, I mean, it was crazy here for a little while, but not in my exact location. Two places by me got hit. Prayers are for those people, right? You can't really do nothing whenever Mother Nature is screaming in your face like that. One thing that did happen, though, that was from the hurricane was, I guess it blew some good luck on my Scott Fishbowl team, because I'm just going to give, I'm just going to show you this picture, right? (laughs) There you go. High score right here. 209, baby. 209. Now, look, props to this dude at Dr. Vig, because I was winning 209 to 140-ish, and last night, he scored 55 points. I was so nervous, man. He had that car and Darren Waller stack. Mm, Man, man, man. But look, this guy's on top right now, and I would bet I'm at the top of the leaderboard and Scott Fishball and pumped up trying to win that thing you know bring Dynasty Wire some gold back but that's not the only team that I won on I won in almost every single league this week I am consensus 1-0 and except for three leagues and that is a beautiful thing the only league I really lost in was where we played to the league median 
because we had such high a score in the leagues, I just lost twice. So that's my 0-2 team. But besides that, man, it's been a heck of a week. It's been as crazy as really the Baltimore backfield, the 49ers backfield, the Cowboys backfield that people think's crazy, but really it's not that crazy. And then the Houston backfield, like, what is this? Nobody even drafted Mark Ingram because he was a scrub in preseason. I mean, what are you doing, first off, with the 49ers? I want to know about that. Well, we told you on the previous podcast, Mostert is made of glass. He's probably going to get a couple big plays. He'll last about a quarter and a half, and then he'll be out. Well, that's pretty much exactly what happened. This is already after they got rid of Gallman, who got picked up by the Falcons, who wasn't active Sunday. In uh, Mostert's absence, Elijah Mitchell snapped off and is the number one thing people are talking about now. In Dynasty, There's it's pretty much a, a sure thing that he's already rostered, largely because 25% of my leagues, he's on my roster. Uh, I know you've got a whole bunch of shares of him, too. I hardly have any sermon who was inactive, strangely, maybe dealing with injury, maybe something internal. Who knows really what's going on there? But Elijah Mitchell, man, uh, before the draft and after the draft, I, I knew I liked anyone with the first name Elijah and anyone with the last name Moore. So if you fell in that category, I have a, a bunch of you on rosters. He's uh, my second most rostered rookie RB, my fourth most rostered rookie, and my ninth most rostered running back. Getting a bunch of touches as well, Jamichael Hasty, undrafted free agent from last year. He's someone who actually is available in some leagues that'll be probably getting picked up by the time you hear this podcast. If he's out there, he's someone who might be worth stashing, especially if you can move guys up and down from your taxi squad. Last note on this backfield, carry on Johnson for what it's worth. So someone else for them to put on their IR, maybe. All I hear is a bunch of scrubs, man, and uh, I don't want no scrub, you know, I just don't, I just don't. The one guy I do want is Elijah Mitchell, because if he is that guy, right, off chance that Kyle Shanahan actually commits to one running back, I I mean, I don't think that's ever going to happen, but let's say he does. If he is that guy, I mean, dude, he's an athletic guy he can do it he can catch he can run he can block he can do it all really but jeff wilson isn't coming back for another three weeks because he's on the pup jamichael hasty was undrafted for a reason i really don't like him at all carry on johnson who even is that <laughs> right i mean let's be real so i looked for him in the scott fishbowl and i can tell you i have no chance of getting him that's that that's the guy i want but i'm also not investing a lot in that backfield because we know they spent a third round pick on trey sermon he will get some touches uh maybe he got in trouble i don't think he's hurt or anything but that's my two cents on it i'm glad to hear we're kind of on the same page one thing i bet we're not on the same page is the baltimore backfield so speak on that real quick because my boy Tyson Williams looks like a potential league winner. Tyson Williams, nine carries, 65 yards and a touchdown. Also had three catches for 29 yards. This is what you were hoping for if you played him. He was definitely worth playing this week. Both Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman were not activated. Still on the practice squad, though I'm ima- I'd imagine at least one, if not both, get activated this week. Latavius Murray, though, had one more carry than Tyson with 10 for 28 and a touchdown himself. Tyson, I like the chicken 
more than I like the running back. He's someone where if I can package him together with something else, I would be willing to use him to trade up to get something a little bit more secure. If people are hyped on Tyson, pretty much any time a name is in the headlines, be it good or bad, that's a player people are more confident in trading for or trading away. So I'm on the, the selling side of Tyson. I'd like to move him before that backfield gets more complicated. Some people would say Tyson was the RB1, but I think we both know the RB1 was really Lamar. I mean, Tyson did lead the backfield in Snapshare. So I'll just leave that there because I don't want to kind of spend too much time on a fourth string running back on a team. But he did uh, have a nice scoring play, right? He was used well in the passing game, which I think benefits him a lot. That RB1, whoever it ends up being for the Ravens, is going to be valuable. We know that. You know, we know that is a run heavy team. Those are snaps that are crucial to your fantasy production. I like him, right? I'm holding him for a couple more weeks. I think they play the Chiefs this week, hoping that he keeps blowing up and then he has like a huge game in this next two weeks. Then I'm selling him. I mean, I was sitting in the office at work and I was looking at my phone, looking. I was like, oh, okay, Gus Edwards. I guess I'm going to put him in my lineup. And then bam, talking to my buddy Adam. And it's like, dude, Ravens got another torn ACL. What is this? What is this joke that they're playing on us right now? Everybody cannot be hurt. I just don't see how that's even possible. I mean, you have all these young running backs getting hurt year after year, but this is three on the same team. And now Mr. Undrafted Tyson Williams comes to play who played for three different colleges in his college career and could never latch on and be that guy. And now he's starting on a sun on a Monday night. That doesn't make sense to me. But all in all, going back, I'm getting off track. I would keep him for now because the interest is only going to go up. That is as long as he stays healthy. Because if he's hurt, it's the veterans or us backfield. Pick your poison, right? You got a 30-year-old, 31-year-old, and maybe a 32-year-old. Who knows? Adrian Peterson might come to play. We'll never know. (laughs) Another backfield that does have a lot of aging vets in it, I would say, is the Houston Texans, man. And let me tell you, I thought Phillip Lindsay was going to be the guy there. But all in all, the Texans keep proving me wrong, right? And week one, they blow up all my survivor pools. They blew up all my parlays. They blew up everything. Every single thing blew up in my face because of the Texans this week, including the Texans backfield. The one league I had to start Philip Lindsay in, you know who got the bulk of touches? Mark freaking Ingram. What are you doing with this backfield, man? What are you doing? Because I, I don't even know what to do. Well, Houston has already won more games than I thought they would this year. So I was surprised that Ingram clearly led the backfield in carries and touches there. And what I found even more surprising is that David Johnson wasn't even the number two in touches. It was Lindsay. So all in all, I want to avoid this backfield. But when it comes to getting things for free, I like free stuff. And Ingram would be basically what is free stuff. So if he's sitting out there and you're rocking something uh, terrible on the end of your bench, there's worse guys you can stick down there than Ingram. He could be a a desperation RB play, uh, at least until he gets dinged and everybody's old there or everybody's past peak. I think there's a chance that uh, you could see different weeks where different RBs lead and carries in that backfield. But, you know, just gross. But I guess Ingram the worst backfield in the NFL, right? Could you see any of them having a 100-yard game? 
it's going to take a big play for somebody to get up to that or a massive amount of carries where they're winning a lot and all those things just sound pretty unlikely so it's not something i would be going out trying to bet on I'm with you right there. One thing that I think we do disagree on is what to do with Brandon Cooks. And I am an advocate right now that you have to sell Brandon Cooks. He's 27 years old, just had a 18-point game in most leagues. And I don't see him getting better, right? I see this being kind of how he is week to week. Yeah, he might have like a 25-point week, but he's not blowing up or anything in that offense. In my opinion, this is the time to sell him. If you could sell Brandon Cooks for a good young receiver, a.k.a. Elijah Moore, why not? Elijah Moore had a dud. Brandon Cooks had an 18-point week. Some people might rather that instant production than waiting on a rookie like Elijah Moore to blossom, right? I am conflicted on the situation, but I'm leaning towards selling him. Can you convince me otherwise? Well, I would say it would depend on your situation. Now, if you're looking forward and you're already set and you've already got a handful of awesome wide receivers and you've got cooks there as well, that that's a decent sell. And it's going to be a peak time because, you know, uh, one of the leading receivers for the week, it's going to be a time when people are as interested now as they're going to be all season. Uh, I don't anticipate them throwing for tons of yards every single game. I don't anticipate Tyrod Taylor supporting multiple wide receivers, but I think with the consolidation of targets, you know, they, they got rid of Kuti. I like Nico Collins, but that's something that's going to take a while. You know, I'm not really scared off by Chris Conley. So I think he's someone who, if you have him, you're playing him, but like you said, if you can take this opportunity to say, hey, this is an older guy. I know he's right at the end of his peak, but he's snapping right now. You might be able to move him off for younger assets that could do as well now and even better in the future. I, I'm with you. If I'm in win now, it's going to take something that's, that makes sense for me. But I'm there with you for the most part. I mean, obviously, if Deshaun comes back, it's wheels up, but I don't see that happening. Not so much checking the uh, box score, but like... What are your eyes telling you? What is your hunch telling you? The first game we will hit will be that uh, Thursday night game, opening game of the season, right? Cowboys versus the Buccaneers, man. That was a shootout. I don't know if you watched it, but that was a shootout. Father Time, I guess, put off his debut with Tom Brady, right? And let Tom Brady throw 50 passes. I think Dak threw 50. One big injury to all my teams was Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup got hurt this game. Now he's out for like six, eight weeks. One guy I'm picking up, and I'm sorry, I might be stealing your thunder because I'm going first, is Cedric Wilson. The Cowboys are going to score, and Cedric Wilson is going to fit into that number three spot. I mean, this is a guy who's athletic. We saw last year whenever CD and Amari and um, Gallup were getting banged up and the Cedric would come in and then he'd have a good game here and there, right? This is a guy who I think you can rely on. Not nothing crazy, but to an extent, if you need to flex somebody and you need that um, that boom player, right? That boom player, kind of like some people use Marquise Brown. I think that this guy, Cedric Wilson, is a cheap buy right now, a cheap ad in Dynasty, and this is someone you should be targeting. Yeah, as far as Cedric Wilson, uh, as of this afternoon when I was filling out a lot of my claims, which by the time you hear this, a lot of this is already going to be passed and his uh, roster percentage is going to increase, but he was out there in 95% of leagues. Now, he's not someone I'm rushing to get simply because Noah Brown is another wide receiver that's back there. It's going to get worked in, but more specifically, Pollard. Pollard was out there for 
a decent chunk of the snaps and he was out there like split out. So I think without Gallup, this is an even better look for Pollard. He's going to have some streamability while Gallup is out. Cooper and Lamb snapped off, man. Cooper rising a little bit in ranks. Lamb solidifying his place in ranks. If you were lower before, then he's rising for you. It looks like maybe we Schultz not have been projecting Jarwin as the tight end starting spot winner. But we'll see. Hey, it might be something that goes back and forth from week to week. I'm holding Jarwin, but I'm scooping up Schultz, especially in tight end premium. So sad, man. I kept seeing Schultz catch those passes. I was like, come on, man. Give me a bone, please. Uh, one thing I want to do touch on is the Buccaneers backfield, right? I mean, we know that this is there's no set guy, right? We know that. So if you are believing that Rojo is the set guy, do yourself a favor and get off that train now. And if you believe that Fournette is the long-term answer there, do yourself and get off that train now. It's nobody. If anybody, you're going to pick up Keyshawn Vaughn for free right now and stash him because he's a young guy and he is actually pretty uber-athletic. I don't even think he was active this game, but he could be active in the near future. And then the Cowboys backfield, right? Zeke and Pollard. I'm using this opportunity to buy Zeke. Redraft and Dynasty. This is a buy, buy, buy. You know what? If you didn't listen to me the first time and you still have Derrick Henry, say, hey, I'll give you Derrick Henry for Zeke and try to get something in. And if you cannot get a throw in, I'd do it straight up. I really would. I would rather Zeke than Derrick Henry right now. This is a guy who we have seen take over games single-handedly. And if these receivers do end up getting hurt for the Dallas Cowboys, then it's only a matter of time till Zeke eats. And we know everybody has seen the gif of him eating cereal. That's what he's going to do to your fantasy points. He's going to eat, 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 and rack up points for you. So go buy him. That's my advice with this. Go buy Zeke. Another player I'm buying right now in Dynasty is somebody who I think you liked from previous shows. It's Kenny Gainwell. I'm also buying Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was so close to breaking free for a TD, and he would have been, I think, the top fantasy scoring running back if he would have hit that TD. So Eagles versus Falcons. We saw the new amped uh, Falcons team versus the new amped Eagles team. The Eagles were RPO to the max. Run pass option, baby. Lighten up the scoreboard. Jalen Hurts, who I've been pounding the table for. Pounding it. Yes. He is Lamar Jackson light. <laughs> right? He's not the not the guy who you want, but he is the guy who's going to do the same thing. I mean, he is that cheat code type of quarterback. Eight carries for 57 yards? Come on, man. That's a great buy right there. So use this game to pick up the pieces of your roster and trade some of those pieces for Jalen Hurts. It is wheels up for here, I promise you. And another guy that I'm picking up off of waivers, which by the time, as I was said, you will not have the chance possibly is Quez Watkins. I think uh, he's going to slowly get more snaps, but more to come on him. I want to hear your thoughts on this game, man, because I went into the game believing something. And I'm still believing it. I want to know what you see. Well, as far as the Eagles, who you were touching on there, of all the running backs that I have rostered, uh, my number one right now is embarrassingly Le'Veon Bell, but it's just because I've picked him up for free in a lot of places right before the season started. And number two, Miles Sanders. So seeing Miles Sanders snap off when everyone's been fading him, referring to him as a dead zone RB, Sanders has been someone who I was scooping in drafts here in the offseason, someone who I've had since drafts from last year. 
So super happy about Sanders. As discussed on previous pods, I'm also super happy about Hertz. Hertz did what we were hoping he could be. He had a great passer rating, a great completion percentage, really contradicted a lot of the criticisms that people have had of Hertz and having Hertz on a large percentage of my rosters definitely makes that just ooh, super good, super good. Uh, Devonta Smith uh, caught a touchdown. I had some uh, had some decent plays. He looks like uh, he's going to be good as long as he doesn't get, you know, obliterated. Ertz seemed to be like he was the tight end one. Oh, and then lastly, Kenny Gainwell, someone who I liked a lot pre-draft. And then he goes behind Miles Sanders, who, you know, I, of course, love. It was a little disappointing, but it seems like even though the news reports were saying Boston Scott is the the running with the twos. Well, yeah, Kenny Gainwell came out and did his thing too. So if Sanders ever went down, I think it might be a, a Kenny, Kenny Gainwell thing. Boston Scott barely even saw the field. He's a drop as far as I'm concerned in most formats. Man, that's great stuff about the Eagles. I love it that we are still in the same boat together rowing side by side on this backfield and it's just like the ravens right we have hertz leading the pack just like lamar leads his pack one thing to touch on the falcons stash wayne gallman stash him i do not think that keith smith caleb huntley or quandre Olison, or cordero patterson is better than wayne gallman if something happens to mike davis you have yourself a starting running back in my opinion this is a guy that you should be buying along with lo and behold kyle freaking pitts baby that's all i'm gonna say because you know how i get with kyle pitts that's my boy next thing though next thing i'm gonna talk about another one of my boys my boy sam Darnold, baby let's go let's go everybody was counting about this game man saying oh he's facing his former team they're gonna know how to stop him yada 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 shut your mouth okay 279 yards and only one touchdown but he played a solid game yes he had a fumble but he also had a rushing touchdown hello hello sammy d didn't know you had legs and he didn't throw any picks i mean this was a plus he also used christian mccaffrey like no man's business i mean this guy 21 carries and almost 10 targets he showed why christian mccaffrey is still the 101 in all of fantasy no matter the format and then he showed that he's going to spread around to his receivers. Marshall, six targets. Robbie Anderson, three targets. But he hit him on that deep ball for the TD. And then DJ Moore, eight targets. I mean, come on, man. This was all plus signs for Sammy D. The Jets, however, crabbed the bed at first, right? And they started to come back. Ty Johnson proved that he is the guy there. He On four carries, he was really their best running back from what I saw. Zach Wilson is a buy right now for me. Denzel Mims showed a little bit of life. I think he's a buy. But the biggest buy is going to be your guy of this game. The biggest buy is going to be Mr. Moore, the guy I know you love. So I want to hear your thoughts on the Jets and how you are getting Elijah Moore on your roster if you do not have him already. Well, one way to do it would be to sell Corey Davis, who blew up. Uh, it looks like it might be Corey Davis season. Finally, again, you know how this story goes. Elijah Moore is uh, still something that's going to be kind of flying under the radar. You're going to be able to get him. He's not going to be necessarily off limits. Someone I would still be targeting. I was more concerned with what was going on on Zach Pascal out there taking away targets from my Campbell, from my Pittman. Not not super pleased with how that went. I wish uh, Zach Pascal would fade the pastel 
Pittman and Campbell are, are a couple guys who are probably going to be better as the season goes here, as, as long as uh, Wentz isn't as washed as he kind of looks. Mike Strachan, or however you say his name, he got a couple targets. Wentz loves his big old wide receivers, so he's got a group of them there. Pascal's not short himself. He's, you know, he's 6'2 or whatever. Didn't really seem like there was a clear tight end there. Doyle and Mo Cox both getting some work. Hines just got that contract and, you know, Hines came out and did his thing. But JT, you know, God's gift to man. He's someone who I've been on since all the way back into his college days. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. If a player rushes for 200 yards or has 200 total yards ground and air, versus the Hawkeyes, that running back is going to be good. You know who has had 200 total yards versus the Hawkeyes? Barkley, CMC, Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor looked just fine out there. Hines is looking like a beast as well. But I just kind of wish Pascal would go away. You rostering Pascal anywhere? I'm rostering two leagues. I do think he is their best receiver, full full package-wise, right, all around. I'm not a big Pittman guy. I never have been because I love me some Paris Campbell, man. If he can stay healthy, he'll have a great season. I'm not really doing anything with Pascal. If somebody wants him, they can have him. Like, I'm basically giving him for free. So if you're listening, come get him. I'll take him. I'll take a second-round pick off your hands. One guy I am buying on the, I guess, the other side in this game, right? The, the Seahawks dominated for most of the game. One guy that barely got used, then he got a concussion, was Dwayne Estridge. This is a guy who I like a lot. I think he could be the heir apparent to Tyler Lockett. They're about the same size. I think Eskridge weighs a little bit more, but Tyler Lockett is approaching the age apex, if you will, right, of a receiver. I think he's 28 years old. Yes, he, he did just sign a contract that should keep him there for a little while, but why not get Eskridge right now before he becomes that guy? And he's basically free. I mean, you could get him for a third-round pick simply. I also liked what I saw from Chris Carson. He is going to be a little bit sloppy at times, not exciting to watch, but this is a guy who you can probably get for cheap cheap and i think he gives you some rb1 weeks so i was very just relaxed when i watched that game i mean i had no pieces in that puzzle i didn't have anything i had tyler lockett and dfs but that was about it one team i did have a lot of people on was this chargers team man this chargers game against washington i had all the herberts i had all the ecklers i had all the larry roundtrees here we go prove that he is the true backup let's go larry i also had the uh guy josh palmer who caught one ball but so be it. And the uh, Donald Parnum, who I think I dropped in a lot of leagues after that game. On the other side, Mr. Gibson, right? Gibbs season. Loved it. I had a Ryan Fitzpatrick share, which is gone. I had uh, Diami Brown, which Diami Brown kind of let me down. Diami Brown. But he's a rookie and it's his first game. There was one thing I noticed, which is Austin Eckler may not be healthy. So stash Larry Roundtree right now. I'm picking him up in every league redraft dynasty any any league right including sfb i am getting all the larry round trees i can because i think he is the true backup if eckler goes down we saw it we saw his snap share we saw he carried the ball eight times this is a guy who i want my roster because i don't know if austin's healthy and i don't want to trust it on the other side of it we had a quarterback injury go down right after ryan fitzpatrick threw about six or so passes seven passes he hurt his hip flexor then comes in the guy who almost bested Brady in the playoffs. The man, the mid, the legend, Taylor Heineke. Talk to me about him, Iowa. There's only two quarterbacks who I've been rostering in Dynasty who don't fit on your taxi as 
way late quarterback stashes. And those two are Marcus Mariota, who had one carry for 31 yards on a design play, was pretty sweet, and Taylor Heineke. So, boom, right off the bat, old man Fitz, who, you know, journeyman Fitz, gets hurt. Taylor Heineke got a contract based on how he played last year, as you uh, alluded to there. So, you know, it, it's Heineke season, if seasons last a few weeks at least. There's some risk there, but in Superflex leagues where it's a deep bench, he's someone I'm definitely stashing in a Superflex. Pretty much any quarterback who becomes a starter gets picked up immediately. But he, he's someone I'd be interested in. There's a lot of weapons on that offense. He has the ability to run. So he has the rushing upside to go with it. He could be someone who could be a sneaky solution. You've had any kind of, you know, devastating injuries or banked a little bit too hard on like a Cam Newton. And speaking of Cam Newton, he's someone who's familiar with what's going on there. He's someone who could be brought in, but they do have Kyle Allen back there, someone who they brought over from Carolina. So if Heineke messes up or if Heineke gets dinged, Kyle Allen could come in. And not that I think he's going to be great. If it's Kyle Allen, I, I, I think Heineke's way better than Kyle Allen. So. Hopefully that wouldn't be the case, but there's definitely some baked in risk there with Heineke, at least for now, for the foreseeable future, looking really good for Heineke. Pretty excited. I mean, he is a guy who is a starting quarterback. It's worth it. It's worth a shot of it, right? Redraft, dynasty, it is worth a shot to pick up this guy because if you're in a two-quarterback league, we know how these guys can disappear at the blink of an eye. So pick him up, let him ball out, and then move the man. Move him. If he balls out, keep him. I mean, do as you please, right? I'm just trying to give you what I would do. But we heard what I was doing. I guess he got the jump on him somehow. He, he knew something about him. I don't know if it's an Iowa thing, right? I mean, uh, he's bringing up these crazy stats about running backs versus the Hawkeyes and stuff. So uh, that could be something in it. But one crazy stat is... I do not know what to do with this Patriots backfield. I have James White. I have Damian Harris. I have Ramondre Stevenson. I have J.J. Taylor. Should I move them all? That's what it's looking like, right? I mean, let's be honest. Damian Harrison had 23 carries, 100 yards, but then he had a crucial fumble where he could have sealed the game, and Bill said he will lose some carries. I mean, dude, I don't know what to do. I know I'm very happy I drafted Mac Jones everywhere, but I don't want any piece of this backfield. I want all the Jacoby Morris and all the Mac Jones. I'm trading the tight ends. I'm trading everybody else on the team. I mean, what do I do here? Help me. Well, as far as where to move them to the bench is a good start. <laughs> Damian Harris, I think he's probably going to be fine. He has a better chance of actually being the one you want to be playing most weeks for the majority of the season. Yes, he did fumble, and this is a Patriots backfield. This is Belichick. He might get some punishment on how many snaps he gets. At the end of the day, it's going to shake out that Damian Harris is the best running back in that backfield, at least for now. And it's not like Ramadre Stevenson didn't fumble himself as well. So I think it's okay. I wouldn't panic with Harris just yet. Ramadre Stevenson, you know, you're still keeping him stashed regardless. I'm not sure with James White. It could be here or there. You got PPR. So if you're desperate, there's worse guys you can play because, you know, his role is his role there. And then, you know, JJ Taylor's just another guy out there. I'm not even sure if he was active this game. So I'm uh, I'm not freaking out. Wouldn't be too worried just yet. Well, I am freaking out about Miles Gaskin right across the line of scrimmage, right? Miles Gaskin. I mean, this guy had nine carries, or two had four carries. Savan Ahmed had three carries, and Malcolm freaking Brown had five carries. I mean, come on, dude. 
feed the beast, feed Gaskin. I am trying to trade Gaskin. I'm just going to point that out. It was very encouraging that Tua had a ball game, right? He had a great game. And he fed Waddle. He fed Waddle. This was great. This is what you want to see. Now, Will Fuller does come back, but I do think that that connection to Waddle is going to stay there all season. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for Waddle, and uh, I am also interested in moving Gaskin. He did have five catches, so in a PPR league, he he's put up enough points to where it was a respectable point total. So it might be, if you want to move off of Gaskin, it might be a good time, too, because at least it was respectable. Someone who's might have been starting Mostert last week might be interested in a Gaskin this week if he was on the block. It's funny you mentioned respectable, and... Packers' performance was the most unrespectable thing that happened this whole weekend. I mean, let's be honest. Who thought that the Packers would go into Jacksonville to play the Saints and completely flake, man? Who thought that? Like, they couldn't even score a touchdown. Aaron Jones got shut down, which screwed me in all my leagues, right? I have him on all my rosters. Five carries, nine yards. Like, come on, dude. I have him rostered everywhere. Shut him down. A.J. Dillon did better than him. Aaron Rodgers sucked. <laughs> Devontae Adams sucked. Marquez Valdez-Scanlon had the most targets on the team, and he sucked. All the Packers sucked. Robert Tanyan sucked. But you know who didn't suck? Jameis freaking Winston. <laughs> that man didn't suck, I'll tell you that. Mr. 148 yards and five TDs on 14 completions. I mean, this is obviously an outlier game, but let's just commend the Saints on how well they look. They actually looked pretty good and against a good Packers team that many thought would have a chance of winning the NFC. Yes, it's only week one, but I mean, they couldn't stop Kamara. They couldn't stop Winston. Juwan freaking Johnson at tight end had three receptions for two touchdowns. They didn't have really anybody at receiver do anything. One guy I've been touting. One guy I've been trouting. <laughs> Adam Troutman led the team in targets. As I said he would, he is their best weapon, period, right now. Him and Kamara make the show go on in New Orleans. You need to use this opportunity to buy him. I mean, he had a four-point week, three receptions on six targets. But he will be spoon-fed targets. I mean, I, now this is bold, this is crazy, but I will go as far as to say, if Adam Troutman starts catching the bulk of these targets, he could be erupting into that top 10, top five tight end spectrum at the end of the season. Bold statement. If a tight end leads your team in targets on a season, that is the only thing that can happen in that situation. I want to know where your head at is with this game because we battled a little bit, you know, with some things, but I would have to think that we are seeing the same thing with these targets. I mean, dude, follow the trail. It leads to the trout. I mean, if it smells like trout, you better buy it. Yep. Yep. Follow the stream to Troutman. He's currently my tight end nine, so he's already pretty much kind of there for me. I understand there's there's tight ends I have ranked below him that are currently outscoring him, but he's someone I've liked for a long time, just like you there. Now, getting up into the top five, I think the top five kind of solidified over the weekend when Hawkinson comes out and gets over 10 targets. If I told you the wide receiver, the leading receiver on a team had 10 targets on a team that's going to be losing and throwing all the time, you'd want that wide receiver, right? Well, that's TJ Hawkinson. And that's why I think he's locked in there at the top five with Kittle, Waller, Pitts, and Kelsey there in whatever order you prefer to put them. Just the tight end little bit there. Going back to the game, the music at the last dance is going to get shut off halfway through the party if the Green Bay Packers play every week like they did last week, to the point where even Jordan Love was playing at the end of that game. For the love of God! 
for the love of God. But uh, yeah, Jameis Winston, if I was to give you a, a terribly praised stat, I'd say he's on pace for 85 touchdowns this year. <laughs> it's looking like 2020, Jameis Winston. He did throw a pick there where it got called back a hit on him that I found to be a little bit questionable. You were right. You know, Troutman led the team in targets. Obviously, he didn't do a whole lot with the three catches and 18 yards. Still someone uh, I like and I'm holding on to. Juwan Johnson, a lot of people are going to look at the box store or they're just the fantasy point total and be like, holy cow, you know, he was three for three for 21 yards. He happened to be the one to get two of the touchdowns, but I'm not sure if that's something you want to chase where all of his points are coming from touchdowns. So he's someone I'm selling. I'm not going to be buying him from anyone. I would pick him up if he was free and he'd be especially valuable in like a tight end premium league like your Scott Fishbowl. He's someone uh, you could even slide up to a wide receiver position to play an extra tight end if you have a bunch of tight ends with how they reward tight ends so handsomely in the Scott Fishbowl there. Green Bay Packers sucked, so that was real disappointing if uh, you were still hanging on to Adams, who's post-peak there. Oh, Callaway, too. We didn't even mention him. He was pretty disappointing as well and just signed Kenny Stills. He's back in town. I saw that, but he's more of a practice squad goonie, in my opinion. Marquez Callaway is about to show his alpha status these next two weeks. I'll leave that up to, um, you know, Alexander, and uh, the Packers did kind of shut him down, which he's still young. He'll get it. One thing I did take from this game, though, is that I'm still buying Adams, and I'm still buying Tanyan. They're going to be usable. I have faith. Best NFL receiver just had a bad game. That's all that happened. That's who I mean whenever I say Devontae Adams, the best NFL receiver. One guy that I don't think is a good NFL receiver is Jerry Judy. But he did start to prove me wrong this game. He showed a lot of improvement in, in this year. He showed a lot of improvement. One guy who I thought would have shown the best show ever for Denver was Cortland Sutton, who, I mean, to put it frank, right? Ruined it. I mean, now his targets have to go up. His production has to go up, right? I know you like Judy. I am, I've always been anti-Judy. I need your synopsis on this game because I'm trusting Cortland Sutton going forward. I'm using this opportunity to buy Javante Williams because Melvin Gordon had a big run that led him to have a 100-yard game. I mean, Javante is going to be cheaper right now than he was going into this game, so I'm getting my RB1 right there. And I am keeping Corlin Sutton in my lineups this week. But I want you to tell me, what do I do with Judy right here? Yeah, heartbreaking with Judy. High ankle. He's going to miss a bunch of games. And then high ankle is something where he could be like play as a decoy. A lot of his value comes from his just savant of a route runner. It's and it's high ankle, dude. So not super happy about that there. On the bright side, if you roster Tim Patrick, Hamler or Sutton, I think their uh, opportunities just got cleared up a little bit. Even like Fant. I know Okwebunum got the touchdown this week. Jerry Judy was breaking out, dude. It looked like it was like, here it is. This is what we thought was going to happen, and it's happening. He got his man Bridgewater as the quarterback, someone who likes to throw a lot of the short passes, and Jerry Judy, the route runner, who's going to be just getting himself open again and again and again and again. <sighs> Super disappointing. But Tim Patrick out there in about half the dynasty leagues that I'm in, he's worth rostering. He's going to have some playable weeks. Uh, Hamler's mostly rostered in pretty much every league that, that I'm in there. He's someone who might actually have flex appeal now. And Sutton, uh, some people had Sutton above Judy. Some people had Judy right above Sutton. If you were like me, you had them really close to equal. I think this boosts Sutton 
up at least in the in the short term there he's someone who you know if i had him i was starting him last week much to my dismay but going forward i'll still be starting sutton for sure i don't think the jury is still out on judy i think we saw what we needed to see now obviously we have to deal with the injury and wait but at least he slides down to ir and you get to pick up somebody in these first couple crucial weeks see how that pans out well, I am sorry that uh, Judy met his demise the way that um, he did, because I know you do like him. One guy, since you can put him on IR, one guy I am picking up everywhere I can is Van Jefferson. If he somehow slipped through the draft, somehow, some way, I found him on one of my leagues today, and I was very confused. I was highly confused. I thought he got drafted. I picked him up instantly because waivers passed through last night right after Monday Night Football, and nobody picked him up. And I was like, are you kidding me? This dude just was basically the second best receiver on this team. Obviously, Robert Woods is going to be better than him on the season, but Van Jefferson has that speed, right? He has that speed that can help him win matchups. So just check if he is somehow available in your league because you, you never know, right? Sometimes these random people become available, like Van Jefferson, and then Damian Williams, the backup for David Montgomery, was available in a league. If I have an empty roster spot because of an injury or an empty roster spot because I just don't have anybody, I'm picking up guys like that. Those are contributors. And I just basically gave you a bear and a ram from that game. So I'm not going to talk about that game at all. One thing I will talk about is my Raiders, baby. Raiders. Everybody was sending me nasty DMs on Twitter at halftime. And all of you shut up after halftime. Ah, I wonder what happened. Raiders win in over time versus the Baltimore Ravens 33 to 27 Carr came back and had a fantastic game this dude had 435 yards that's crazy 435 yards not to mention Marcus Mariota did run a little gadget play which he looked pretty good right that's promising if Carr does semi get hurt or something one thing I took from this game was that I don't want any Raiders running back this season I don't I want I don't want Jacobs or Kenyon Drake the two guys I do want from the Raiders are Hunter Renfro and my boy Brian Edwards I've been pounding the table for Brian Edwards. He had 80 yards, okay? He had 80 yards, and if, uh, which I don't think is going to happen, but if teams figure out how to stop Darren Waller, I mean, their their next best red zone target from all what we heard in preseason was Brian Edwards. And then their slot guy, if Brian Edwards isn't open, their slot guy is Renfro. So those have to be the next two targets in order, right? I mean, we saw Carr link up with Renfro many times, and Renfro made some tough plays. So that's on the Raiders side. On the Ravens' side, I'm stashing Tyler Huntley because Trace McStorley didn't even dress out. So Huntley is the backup to Jackson. We do know Jackson runs. So Jackson is more prone to an injury than normal QBs. One thing we did touch on at the beginning of the show is Tyson Williams. We told you what we're doing about him. I want to know what you're doing about these receivers. Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins. Are you touching any of these guys? So Marquise Brown is someone I've had as a popular fade. You know, right now without Bateman out there that there's going to be wide receivers that are doing things that probably won't be doing as much once Bateman returns. For the end of that game, he did have six catches, 69 yards and a touchdown. Marquise Brown doing his thing there. Sammy Watkins did his yearly week one performance. It wasn't a huge blow up, four catches, 96 yards, but it was enough to likely crack what would be your optimal roster. Someone I had been picking up and stashing deep leagues, very end of the benches, was Devin Duvernay. He did play a, a decent percentage of the snaps. He's one catch, six yards, so it's not like he was doing anything real impressive. Bateman is coming back eventually, but someone I'm probably just leaving on a watch list at this point, keeping an 
eye on. Was a little surprised to see Mark Andrews only get three catches for 20 yards, but I think we know what the deal is there. Lamar Jackson had 12 rushes, more rushes than anybody else on the team there. So this is uh, the Lamar Jackson show, even if he's not throwing for a ton of yards. I'm not sure there's a wide receiver I'm going to be really trusting there until Bateman gets back. So I consider Andrews a receiver, right, in a sense, tight end. Are you using this opportunity to buy on Bateman or buy on Andrews? There was a lot of debate between Andrews and Hawkinson before the season started. I think that debate was settled this week. Hawkinson's going to be a beast. If people are down on Andrews, it wouldn't be a bad opportunity to uh, go and try to scoop him up there. It's always Bateman buying season as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, definitely someone I'm, uh, I'm willing to get my hands on. I mean, Bateman is the alpha of this class, in my opinion, right? Right besides Jamar Chase. It's just misfortune that he got hurt. My am buying him, obviously. I just want to see if we were on the same page. Because I know we're on the same page about a lot of players. We're on the same page about a lot of strategies. One thing we are semi on the same page about is roster management, right? I always value your input on certain situations with rosters and how you're handling them. So I just want to know, do you have anything, right? It's week one of the season. People are still kind of getting their rosters together and setting them up for the season. If they haven't already, this is crunch time, right? So I guess what tips and what can you help people understand about roster management? What can you send out to the listeners right now to where they can use your advice to better their team this season? Yeah, I do have a a few tips. Some of it is going to depend on what your league settings are, because some leagues will allow it and some other other leagues will not. First of all, your IR, assuming that your IR like allows out and suspended players and whatnot. An hour and a half before each game starts and actives are announced. Shortly after that, going to use sleeper. They get their designation, be it out or IR or whatever. If they're inactive, then they're out. I go through each one of my leagues and I move that player to IR. This frees up a spot, whether I won't need somebody or not, I'm going to go and I'm going to pick up somebody who's out there just maximizing the potential of my roster. Even though it's a small thing like that, those things can pay off. I did that through all my leagues right before all the games kicked off at one o'clock my time. A couple of those leagues, I picked up Heineke. So immediately paying dividends there. This is, it works the same like with the afternoon games and the evening games. So as uh, the inactives are announced, go and move them to an IR and take advantage of that roster spot. That's tip number one is uh, using your IR to maximize the number of players you can put on your roster. And even if you don't end up keeping that player, what if it turns out to be gold? You know, I picked up Marcus Mariota. It's not like Carr went down, but if Carr had went down, boom, I already had the number one pickup the next week on my roster just because I took advantage of an opportunity for an extra roster spot. The second point, when you're doing your waivers, if your waivers process after Tuesday, like they do in actually all of my leagues, the players who were out Sunday who ended up going out uh, still have that out designation. So as soon as, you know, the matchups are concluded, the winner is decided in your league or whatever, before waivers process, you can move the players who were out the weekend to your IR, and then you can basically just 
rank the, your waivers for an addition. So you free up a roster spot so you don't even have to drop someone or decide who am I going to drop. You've already got a roster spot because you move someone to IR. Then, you know, as the week progresses, you can decide later because, you know, those guys that are on IR, like Kellen Mond, who is inactive, is going to be active again because he was just a healthy scratch. You're going to get to decide later who you'd want to drop. But sometimes, you know, you don't get information you need until Wednesday, Thursday. And speaking of Thursday, when you're doing this, you want to check for your players who play Thursday. If any of these players that play Thursday should be in your starting lineup, you want to move them to out of, off your bench and out of a flex spot into one of your starting spots. So that if Thursday comes around, you're over, you've got two ineligible people on your IR, you're over a player on your roster. You don't have to fix your roster right then and there because your Thursday player is already exactly where you need to be. You can wait and see if Kellen Mond's a healthy scratch again. You can move him back to IR and then you can set your lineup. So just a strategic small thing that you can do. My last special trick that you can kind of use if your league allows you to drop players who have already played then this next tip is for you this isn't necessarily saying you can pick up players who have already played because that's that's just wild but a lot of leagues allow you to drop a player who's already played so if you get to monday night you know everybody's already played on your bench and then your guys uh, oh no this guy's a surprise out and then you're able to drop somebody on your bench and pick up the backup to have somebody to play well you can take advantage of this after the morning games, after the afternoon games. So like after the morning games, I was looking at the afternoon games and the evening games and the Monday game or the evening game and the Monday game and seeing, okay, is there anybody I want to pick up? I know at this point I'm dropping McKinnon. He wasn't even used. He's not someone I'm really wanting to keep on my roster. So I'm going to drop him and pick up Cam Newton because I saw Fitzpatrick went down. He's obviously a free agent, but, you know, maybe within two weeks he gets signed. So went ahead and dropped McKinnon and pick up Cam Newton. Now, are there better players on the waiver than Cam Newton? Probably, but they're, you know, most of them have already played, whatever. If you know you're already going to be dropping someone, you might as well do it while there's still games going on so that you have a chance to hit on a team that hasn't played yet for that week. So, yep. Just quickly wrap it up and review here. Using your IR spots before games during inactives. Using your IR spots after games when you're setting your waivers. And taking advantage of dropping players who have played to pick up players who haven't played yet if you already know you're going to be dropping them. So those are three tips I got for you. Man, that's awesome. Those are those are all things I mainly do, which... I love to hear it and reinforce because sometimes I feel like I'm crazy doing things like that. Sometimes I feel like I'm cheating the system, but usually whenever you feel like you're cheating the system, it means you're actually doing what's going to make you win. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing literally is to have a bunch of players, a bunch of bench stashes that played the 12 o'clock game. If one of them absolutely sucks and I know I made the wrong decision, I drop them, pick somebody up for the four o'clock. If one of them sucks, pick somebody up for the night game. Sometimes I pick five people up in the same two days, right? In that two day span, you're picking somebody up for the 12 o'clock, 4 o'clock night game, and then the Monday night game. I mean, it, it's a reoccurring cycle, right? You have to be active. The most active person usually wins the leagues. One thing I do want to share with y'all is a lot of you who follow me on Twitter know that I do dabble in the betting atmosphere with football. Uh, I'm going to give you an extension of my bet this week, right? I was talking to my buddy Adam. I talked about it at the beginning of the show about the locks of the week, and he agreed, and I agreed with each other's locks, and these locks are Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati. I think you can win big money on them this week. Um, I think you can win big money on the Saints this week, too. 
so I would parlay uh, those three games. You could just do money lines, and you could be looking at yourself a big payday. I'm very excited when what's to come. I am very excited for the continuation of these episodes, man. It is week one. We are in this 18-week NFL season. That's insane. Yeah, man. That's insane. I mean, I guess we could touch on survivor picks, right? I picked the 49ers to win this week. They won. This week, like as in this coming Sunday, I am picking the Browns to beat the Texans. Let's uh, try to go 2-0 right here, right? Texans surprise me, but I don't think they get past the Browns. The Browns know how to slow down the clock with those running backs. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb really are incredible tandem. Do you have any parting words, Iowa, for today? Do you have any parting words for this show? And uh, what last thing, what do you have to share with these people? Uh, I think uh, Browns might be a decent call. They they almost upset the Chiefs this Sunday. Uh, so uh, I like that call. Uh, nope. Uh, basically closing statements. Glad to have you back, DG. It's uh, We missed you the last couple weeks, so good to have you back in here chatting it up again. Uh, I'm looking forward to a variety of shows that are coming out through Sleeper Wire. They got all kinds of things going on. They're, they're building the group. Uh, they're uh, stacking the team. We've got uh, various other shows that are starting, so it's just it's a good time for fantasy football, man. It's back. At Sleeper Wire, there's one thing you know throughout the throughout the years right we bring the content man at sleeper wire we strive to bring you that content week after week you usually have something that we produce every single day i mean this is an empire this is a takeover it's time to get on board big things on the horizon man i can't wait to share them with y'all one thing i do want to say is that you should listen to me and i told you to sell derrick henry now is the time to buy zach wilson just like that i'm out thanks for hanging with us This is a bye-bye-bye.